Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us is Miss Lisa Titan of St. John's Boxing, coming to you from Portland, Oregon. Lisa, how are you today? What's going on? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a good day here in Portland. I am excited to have you here. And, and as I understand it, St. John's Boxing is a relatively new venture. Before we dive in on the business and the strategy and the tactics and all that you do as a business owner, Lisa, Give us a little bit of a description of this. When you tell people about St. John's Boxing, how do you describe what this is? So St. John's Boxing was born from a boxing gym called Sweet Science Boxing. It was in a similar, a close by neighborhood, North Portland. Um, that boxing gym had been owned for about 17 years by an owner named Lori Gold. And at the beginning of the pandemic, she shut that boxing gym down. Um, primarily due to the pandemic, and she moved to Maine and opened a new boxing gym there called Riptide Boxing. So, um, yes, we had a no no gym for our home. A lot of the members were still practicing boxing in playgrounds around the city, and I would see different members at different playgrounds or schools, and I started training with one of the trainers at a playground near my house that had a covered area and many of the members started meeting there. And then the numbers kind of grew to about a steady 12 to 14. We started meeting once a week in the playground. And then when the pandemic was winding down and school was gonna start, I decided to take this uh, group of people inside. So that's how it started. Yeah. And so uh, it's somewhat organic, right? We didn't quite plan on having a business at the onset, but through demand, this grew and, and people wanted to be a part of it. And suddenly you're a business owner, although we didn't imagine this at the, at the beginning, did we? No, I, I, I didn't intend to be a business owner at all. And um, I, I mean, really the boxing was all about the community, but the community was about the boxing. And so it was just a matter of people that enjoyed boxing, the sport of boxing to, you know, de-stress and, and meet and be together and also just to have a good fitness and a good time. So those are the people that would meet at the playground and that's what this is growing from. Sure. And, and so here we are, suddenly we are a business owner. I wanna, I wanna start with just kind of general lessons and wisdom so far in your time. And, and it's approaching a year that you've been officially in the space as St. John's Boxing. What's been your favorite part about running this business and what's been the toughest part about running this business? Um, my favorite part um, is easy and that's the community. So uh, we have a really positive peer culture there. People are really supportive. The members that come are extremely positive and supportive to each other. And the trainers, um, the trainers are the biggest asset of this gym. And I think that they are the strongest in terms of offering that positive peer culture that is growing growing in our space. Um, the hardest part 
has been attendance. Um, sometimes attendance at classes is good and then sometimes it's not so good. So it goes up and down. Um, I don't know. I haven't determined what causes it to go up and down. And also attendance doesn't necessarily correlate with revenue. So um, I think for me, the hardest, well, that's one hard part of attendance in class because it affects the trainers and the fun level of the class. But um, the other hard part is just my lack of business knowledge. And to be honest, my slight lack of interest in being a business owner. So um, sure. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's, it's twofold. And, and anybody that's running a business or has run a business in the past that listens to this, Lisa, can resonate with that. It's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. And it's hard to build a business and get it off the ground. So far, at least, what has, has been working for you to get some people through the doors? How are we, how are we generating interest? Um, our, I think our main outreach or marketing tool has been Instagram. So, um, and also just community like posters and flyers in the community. Although in Portland, um, posters get ripped down pretty quickly off telephone poles and stuff. So, and off, off of bulletin boards as well. So I don't know how long those stay up, but most of, I think what's drawing people to St. John's boxing has been um, just word of mouth, to be honest. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's common for a, a small business like this. We may not necessarily have the budget to dive into all of these different advertising ventures. And so social media becomes a big component. Word of mouth becomes a big component on the Instagram side of things. How successful has that been for you? I mean, it seems like every gym in 2022 needs to be on social media in some component and Instagram is really leading the charge lately. How has that worked for you to, to get some leads? Um, I think we have a fair number of followings and it seems like when I, I try to post at least two or three times a week, I'm not sure that the quality of my posts is very strong because I have pretty little interest in social media. Like I don't, I don't follow social media on my own. I only use it as a tool for marketing. So I usually just take my phone and video tape a little, you know, a few seconds of video from a class or something like that and then post it. But I think in the end, the unpolished aspect to the social media posts is maybe a draw because it shows that, um, you know, this isn't a pretentious gym. And so part of the branding, I think, shows up in just my lack of... <laughs> knowledge about how to make a good post so well I think I think you're right in that I would highlight what you said in that the authenticity of it is is probably a, an attraction for a lot of people and Instagram is is has no shortage of glitz and glam and, and dressing it up to make it look good for social media and then people get to gyms and it's not always that case you what we're broadcasting is what you get when you come to the facility. And it, I'm sure it's, it's reflected in the demographic that we work with. Take us to the next step here, Lisa. When someone reaches out to you, whether it's word of mouth, whether it's through Instagram, 
what does the, the sales process typically entail for them to eventually become a client of yours? So um, my objective is to break down barriers for participation. So I don't have a pre-registration um, requirement. Um, first class is free. So I encourage people to just come and show up, be themselves. We have gear to offer. You can be, um, I want to make each class accessible to a variety of skill levels and fitness levels. So our trainers are prepared and it is hard, but they are prepared to um, support people at different skill levels and fitness levels within their class curriculum that they're presenting. We do have basics classes on Tuesday and Thursday. So my first question when someone reaches out is what is your uh, experience level with boxing? And then if they say none, then I direct them to a basics class or if that's not accessible to them for their schedule, then I'll meet them at a regular class or have one of the other trainers be a participant in a regular class. And then they can work directly with a new person to support them in learning the basics which sure. um, the basics is basically just stance, footwork, the punch, main punches and some defense and network. So that can, that can take a person one to five basic classes to kind of pick up the basics and be pretty fluid in a regular boxing workout class. Yeah, and, and so there's different services depending on what the person needs, but we're kind of diagnosing that before we throw them into anything, we're having a conversation about who they are, what they're looking for, what their experience is and how we can best serve them. Yes. It's tough to say cause, cause we don't have a, a tremendous length of time of experience doing this Lisa, but in your mind, in terms of retention, what's going to keep people training as long as they can, how are we going to maintain that membership in the long run? Um, that actually probably is the number one <laughs> difficulty. Like we, the first question you asked me was, what is the hardest part of the business? And I think retention, because we get a lot of people that show interest, but retention definitely is the hardest part for membership numbers and attendance numbers. And um, well, you know, having been to many other boxing gyms, um, Retention for this demographic that I'm looking at, which is not specifically fit young males, um, can be more challenging. And one of the tricks that the other um, gym owner, Lori Gold, who owned Sweet Science Boxing, one of her tricks was she would have smokers every six months, which was like an exhibition um, so a smoker in, a, in rec recreational boxing is sort of like a competitive boxing match where the community is welcome to come um, watch the participants match up and do some bouts. So um, it'd be like 10 to 12 matchups of three, three minute rounds. And then people would get matched up months ahead of time. And then you have an exhibition bout. So um, those are open to the community or were at the old gym and those drew a lot of, well, I would not say retention. I don't think that that was a key to retention, but that upped attendance quite dramatically a few months prior to every time sure. one of those happened. So retention, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a natural organic thing and whoever 
decides that boxing is a good tool for them in their life to be a better person, then they'll just keep that habit up. So it's a matter of developing habits. And if I had one of my trainers, Danny here, he would say a buddy system. So having supportive um, accountability from a friend or the boxing community. So I think that for retention, okay, here's what I think. I think that the more people we have that are friendly to each other, the more retention we'll have because people will come to classes to see their friends and they'll come to classes knowing that that's going to be like a highlight to their evening. So yeah. um, I, I, I think hoping... if I were to, to summarize what you said there, it's not one thing, right? There's a whole host of different issues or not issues, uh, different aspects that keep people training. One, of course, boxing. <laughs> Two, the community, the culture, the people that they know there, and three, the novelty of it. Do we have these different events that keep people coming back again and again and again? It's it's a challenge, not just for you, but for everybody in our space because there are so many different options for people. Boxing is one avenue, but in Portland alone, I'm sure there are hundreds of different gyms that people could go to. And so how do we differentiate ourselves from everyone else it's a it's a tough question and, and one that we'll continue asking every time we have somebody on this show lisa as you look forward with this thing if you had the ability to to grow this business and, and build out the the gym of your dreams what would be best case scenario with this tell me about the magic genie lamp fell into your lap what would this business look like? What would this gym look like? Um, so since the trainers, in my opinion, are the number one asset to the gym, um, one of my biggest dreams is that the trainers and, um, and the co-owner, Heather, will be happy and sort of feel like they're moving forward in a gradual sort of positive direction. I don't need it to like grow immediately like I mean, I just want them to feel like it's a positive moving forward experience for them. So the process should be positive rather than the end result. But facility wise, um, the space we're in has the opportunity to expand another 800 square feet um, to an adjacent space on January 31st. So I'm not financially prepared at the moment to sign a long-term lease to break down that wall so that we can add that 800 square feet. But I would love to do that if I could. Um, we need a yeah. boxing ring. We don't currently have a ring. Um, so facility-wise, a ring, another additional 800 square feet. We're in the perfect location. I love our location. I want more members and more regular members that are attending class regularly. So I would like classes to be 14 to 20 people per class. And mm -hmm. um, I would like to I, I would like it to keep growing so that trainers have the opportunity to do whatever they want there in their imagination with boxing. Yeah, it's it's a fun conversation to have because you could take it in any direction. You love the location that you're in. But if I had all control of all things and could make this business the way I want it to. Physical expansion, membership growth. And equipment really really pour back into the trainers and this thing sounds like it'll be rocking and rolling at that point and then the fun starts right then everything becomes enjoyable 
as a business owner. Yeah, and I'd say also uh, revenue. Revenue, I would like it to be self-sustaining. So right now I'm working a second job to support this business, but I would like to be able to quit my second job and just put all my focus on the business. Yeah, and there are plenty of people in fitness that can resonate with that thought. Lisa, it's a pretty good place to start to wrap our conversation up, but you mentioned before um, some social media. What's the best way for people to find out more about St. John's Boxing? Is it the Instagram? Is there a website? Tell us about it. Um, so uh, you can find us at Boxing St. John, or you can find us at uh, PDX Boxing on Instagram. Um, St. John's Boxing or um, Boxing St. John's on, is our website. Perfect. St. John's Boxing straightforward and simple. Lisa, this has been a bunch of fun. I, I really appreciate your willingness to share here. And I think our industry really benefits from conversations like this, where we can highlight what's gone well, but also acknowledge the challenges and the, the trials and tribulations that we're going through. So we can start to figure out some issues or some, some solutions to some of these things. I can't thank you enough for your willingness to share and I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Thank you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Joel from Life Athletics in Orange, California. Welcome to the show, Joel. How are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking. You know, I'm very, very excited to have you on the show today to learn more about what you have going on at Life Athletics. But before we dive into the business side of things, when you first opened your gym, what was the vision you had in mind for it? Um, when I first opened things, I wanted to bring uh, everyone together more in an athletic base because that's where my passion is, uh, high school athletes and moving forward. And from there, I just wanted to get everyone to be athletic. I tore my knee uh, in 2010 after a triathlon, had two knee surgeries. And I just knew like, if I would have trained smarter back then, I never would have had my injuries. Mm -hmm. And so that was my base for that. So I wanted to get everyone in a athletic performance base, no matter what the age is. Okay. So mainly like based off of a past experience that you don't want other people to experience. Very, very cool there. So that being said, why don't you give the listeners your elevator pitch of Life Athletics? Um, the, well, basically the pitch that I bring to people is I'll make you feel better and stronger and move better 
uh, more with a pain-free ability and be able to bring back the your your ability to just uh, function better with without pain. Okay, so um, so what kind of services do you provide to your members? Um, it's really more athletic based. So we do sled drives, we do cleans, we do jerks, we do regular lifts, you know, box squats, cable machines, med ball throws. Uh, it's really more, I hate to use the word functional because it just gets thrown around so poorly, but functional moving with, with a pain-free base. So getting more posture, getting more posture awareness, body awareness in control of your whole body and doing, because they don't care if you're 70 or if you're 17, you still want to be able to be strong and be lean and fit, even okay. if you're not in a sport. Okay, so a focus on functional fitness. So do you offer group classes, personal training? What does that look like? So my base is mostly uh, personal. Uh, I will do partners, you know, couples, but for the most part, it is one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I do offer teams of like three to five, but for the most part, what I do is just one-on-one -on -one training. So it's just me and whoever uh, is in the studio at the time. I don't even have other trainers in there at the time. So it worked out really well during COVID because people wanted to be alone in the gym. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it sounds like you are the only trainer right now and you offer personal training. So, Correct. okay, cool. So with that being said, how many members are you currently serving at your gym? About 25 to 30. Okay. Okay. So you're serving 25 to 30 members right now. What do you think is the cap that you can possibly handle in terms of member phase? If, if they're all singles, I'm looking at probably about five more. So right around that 35. Okay. Um, I could do more, but then I get into working weekends and working 14 hour days. And I had really good advice a long time ago which was don't jump through hoops for everybody because if you're, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be here at 6 a.m. Oh, and I'll be there at nine at night. And, and it, you will burn out really quickly. Mm -hmm. So I kept that in mind and I have worked weekends, but for now I'm not, you know, I don't mind working an 11 hour day like I did yesterday, but I don't want to work six 11 hour days. Okay. So yeah, I 100% understand there in terms of not wanting to burn out because, you know, being a personal trainer in your own gym, it's a big, big load to have, you know, 25 to 30 members. So, like, with that being said, what's the size of your facility in terms uh, of square footage? Square footage is uh, 750. So, okay. it's a smaller facility. It's a, it's a square, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, so, I get to use pretty much all of that. There's a a small um, kitchen area, which, you know, I have the protein shakes and the, and the, the smoothies and the drinks that I offer, you know, just my clients. Cause I, one of the things that I really wanted when I was doing things, I wanted to have all those personal touches, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, when, when you, when you walk in, you're like, Oh, look, there's mouthwash in the bathroom. Oh, look, there's, cause we do a lot of barefoot training. Oh, look, there's, there's peppermint scented feet wipes and there's, mm -hmm. there's lotion for your hands. And there's, you know, Oh, there, there's free smoothies and there's free drinks. And so that way, you have all these extras, you know, it's, you want to turn around and pick your own music to play. Great. Send me a playlist or just tell what to play. And we'll, it's all custom for you. Okay. And so you have that real personal touch 
in your it's like your own facility you set it up how you want and you get to enjoy all the free little extras and then you get a really good workout that's custom for you so i like i really wanted that personal away from the cookie cutter box gym setup mm -hmm. okay so really like personalized to you know to the members to make sure that they feel good coming into the facility so let's talk about more like Let's move into how do you get new members? Is it mainly through word of mouth? Use any kind of social media? What does that look like? Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Oh. You know, I have Yelp, um, Google. Um, I still get, I still do Groupon, which they take quite a bit of the percentage of it, but the advertising itself is free. So it's, it's a give and take. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've done a few ads through Google and Facebook and you get some recognition out there and get your name out there, but that tended to be a little bit more cost and I wasn't getting a ton back from it, mm -hmm. you know, although people might, you know, see me on Instagram or Google and then turn around and, and check me out in other places and then buy somewhere else. So it's a little hard to track exactly where the leads are coming from, mm -hmm. but um, you, you really got to have a presence out there because even if you have a good word of mouth, they want to check you out and see what you do. Mm -hmm. And at first I started the Instagram. So that way my clients like to see themselves doing stuff. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would take videos of them and post them and they would share with their friends. Oh, look, I'm doing tire flips and oh, look at me do this stuff. And I'm yeah. doing cleans. Look at me. I'm like the Olympic guy. And they got excited about it. So I did that basically for them. And then I was like, well, I'll just kind of share my stuff on here too. So it kind okay. of went from there. Okay. So you're mainly like uh, posting organically on the social medias and you also utilize word of mouth and a little bit of Yelp there. Okay, so in terms of the social medias, how many people does that normally bring in every month for you in terms of member base? Um, I, get a, I get a few. I get like three to five a month. Okay. Um, you know, that, that, that come in. And out of that, out of that three to five, I get like about a one or two that stay, you know, at least one package or renewing for more so i think like last month i had four new people you know um it just kind of keeps tracking like that which works out well because since it's only me i could only handle so many people i mean i had a point mm -hmm. where i was almost turning people away because they were like well i need seven o'clock i'm like well i'm booked till nine, so mm -hmm. i can't really help you you know okay so bring it around like five in every single month. So let's just think like long-term here. If you also had, you know, some trainers at your facility with you, what would your goal be in terms of like new member base every single month? Well, I mean, if I was going to have uh, employees, I would have to have a bigger facility. So if I had that, I would, I would actually at that point have to do a little more diving into advertising because then I would have to get probably that 10 to 15 coming in. But when you figure you get 10 or 15 in front of you, you might only sign up. Probably five, you know, like three to five. Right, exactly. So, you yeah. know, so it's because especially when you, especially when you get someone in through Groupon, because the Groupon price is so low, mm -hmm. it's a little challenging to convert them to, oh, you Remember? paid this, well, you're going to pay, you know, 70 times this amount, this, you know, yeah. some more. So that becomes a little challenging, but for the most part, a lot of people realize that they've had training before and they realize that this is just the introduction you offer and mm -hmm. actual training costs quite a bit more than what the Groupon price is. Okay. 
So let's say, you know, someone comes to your facility or they see you online. What does the process look like, you know, from the time they step into your door to turning them into a member? What does that process look like for you? Well, usually I like to say someone, you know, calls me or texts me. A lot of times people text me. Um, and from there, I, I usually like to get into like about a five minute conversation, you know, go over goals, um, uh, exercise experience, injuries that they might have to get an idea of what we're working with. And so we know before we even set foot in there, what the process is going to be. Then we, we come through, you know, I have them work out, warm up, movement assessment, kind of see what's going on, see where the limitations are, see where their um, areas of improvement are going to be and see where their strengths are. And I tell them right off the bat that, you know, our first session is basically an evaluation. I'm seeing your strengths and your area improvements and where we can build a program around. And from okay. there, um, we see things. I have a, I have about four whiteboards on the board where I have people's names on it, all the different lifts that we do. Okay. And okay, here's your squat. Here's your, your, here's your hex bar deadlift. Here's your hip thrust. And I don't care if you're 17 or 75, you want your name on the board. Yeah. You know, like, it's like kind of like a, how would you say kind of like a power position. It's like, Hey, my name's on the board. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I, I do, I have for the three basic lifts, you know, squat, deadlift, uh, bench mm -hmm. press. I have a 350 club, um, five, six fifty, eight, and nine fifty. I have, a, I have a 75 year old that's on the 650 club. So he got a total of 650 between those three lifts. He has a 250 deadlift. Wow. You know? okay. <laughs> and so, but he was excited as could be because, you know, I train some high school athletes and the more high school athletes I train, the more my older clients wanted to keep up with them. That's mm -hmm. yeah, so competition. My, yeah. My 50 and 70 year old was like, Oh, look, I'm beating that high school athlete. That's a varsity player. Oh, look, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm keeping up with, with that, with that college athlete, yeah. you know? And that made them feel really good about themselves, which was nice. So yeah, it works out really well. So people of all ages want their name in lights. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's really like a customized approach and you make sure to, you know, have the accountability there and like the, what would you say, kind of like a power status there, I guess, a competition. So yeah. how do you like keep your members long-term? So you like, let's just say you get a new member in new member and then like how do you keep them long term in your facility well i always i always update my facility you know i bought i bought some some 3d straps like just this week i bought some chains so i'm always getting new things so that way cuz i have clients that i actually have clients that that i've been working with well, like that 75 year old mm -hmm. i've been working with him since um, 2014 when i first started out. He was one of my original clients. Yeah. And I have about five people that I've been working with since day one. Uh -huh. And they've, I went to different places and they followed me. It's the fourth facility I've been in and they've, they've been with me. Um, so I, I, I change things up. My focus is I might go for a little while, really big into cleans and, you know, Olympic lifts. Then I might get a little bit more into strength movements. Then I might get a little more into rotational and, and more body weight control movements. And, I might spend different times. I get really heavy into something for six months and then kind of flip it around and then kind of come back. And so even though it's still me training them, my interest changed throughout the time because I'm always learning and evolving. And so that keeps my workouts changing and fresh for them. Mm -hmm. You know, and then from there, if you have a, if, if you bring service, if people feel stronger, if people start, you know, 
feeling stronger, getting compliments, losing the weight, just feeling better all in all, they're going to stay if you bring results. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, you know? yes, I agree. So over anything, I mean, it doesn't matter how nice the gym is, anything, if you can't bring results to the person, they're going to leave. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of like the biggest things with, you know, how you mentioned like the big box gyms, they don't really focus on, you know, like the client results. They're like, how many people can we get in? Like just have as many people as you possibly can. We don't care about them. So I actually like to hear that, you know, from you that, that you want to make sure that your clients are doing well. They are always progressing. That's very good. So along with your training programs, do you also offer any kind of like nutrition stuff or is it only just training? Well, I'm not a nutritionist, so I can't really dive into, you know, meal plans or anything. Mm-hmm. That said, um, I do suggestions, okay. you know. Um, so, okay, you know, we want, you know, let's try to work on your, you know, your protein needs because that's pretty much straight across the board. You know, you need to have protein if you want to build muscle. Mm-hmm. So let's focus on your protein and I really try to, I think that too many people try to overcomplicate the process, yep. you know, yeah, well, 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 I watched this guy on Instagram and, and he does this, this, and this cool. He's great. A bodybuilder. Yeah. He needs to fine tune his nutrition. He's, he's an Olympian. He mm-hmm. needs better than you do. You're a 40 year old soccer mom. You don't need to be so strict like that. Mm-hmm. Let's just focus on your protein and your calories. And let's let your fats and carbs fall where you want them to fall. You like a little more pasta? Great. You like a little more, you know. Peanut butter? I don't know, something. I don't care. You know, let, 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 it, let the enjoyment be. Because if you enjoy your nutrition, you're going to stick with it. If yes. I'm like, oh, no, no, you could only have this much carbs. And you're like, oh, well, okay, I guess I got to eat that peanut butter that I don't really like. But there's no point. It's yeah. hard enough to lose weight as it is. Mm-hmm. Then you turn around and you add all these restrictions, just hit your calories, hit your protein. And I don't really care what else you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and actually I personally use that approach in terms of nutrition. Like I hit my protein goal every day and then whatever else fits in, it fits in because it's sustainable long-term. And the most important thing in fitness and nutrition is long-term consistency. So I like how you approach it there, Joel. Um, second to last question here for you. You know, in the fitness and gym world, there are three pillars of business. One being lead generation and acquisition. So getting people into your door and turning them into members. Second being retention. So keeping them for the long term. And three being ascension. So basically having them spend more money with you as their client. Out of those three, where do you think you can prove the most on and why? Um, well, probably the spending more. I don't. I mean, in my life, my, through my twenties and thirties, I, I was in sales a lot. Um, but one thing for me, like, I hate that sales approach because being in sales, when I go to buy something, you could feel that creepy feeling when they're really pitching you hard and they're doing things. That subconscious feeling. Yeah. Right. And you're like, oh, I'm being sold. Like I don't sell anybody. Mm-hmm. You come in, I provide the service. This is the workout. Here's the three packages which I don't do that. Well, this is the, this is, this is the once a week program. This is the twice a week program. This is what you do. If you do three times a week, you're an adult. If you want to work out three times a week, great. If you want the small package and work out twice, 
that's fine. You want the large package to work at once? You're an adult. You can control how often you yeah, work out. Make that's, your own decisions, yeah. I'm not going to micromanage you. Here's the three options, and let's let's go forward from there. I, you know, I don't really raise my prices. I actually have recently because I, but I, that's because I had it for like six years of the same, and I was eventually like, yeah, I kind of need to bump that up to a higher price. Mm -hmm. But it actually put me still under anyone else's, uh, you know, areas because I was quite a bit lower. Actually, I thought it brought more value. People thought perceived value. Oh, it's it's not expensive. It must not be good. So I raised my price there. But otherwise, I think the key for most things, if you get them in and you have a clean, friendly facility, make them feel welcome, which is one of the big things I, I push. Like, you want to work out with no shoes? Great. You want to work on a sports bra, no shirt? I don't care if you're, you know, 40-year-old soccer mom. You want to work out? in your sports bra, great. You you want to work out, you know, no shirt on and you're 40 pounds overweight? Come on Go in. Go ahead and have fun. It's, 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 you know, the gym isn't just for the fit elite people. It's for everybody, mm -hmm. you know? And so if you provide that, money will come. But if you focus on money, they know what you're focused on. Yeah, I can just feel it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so last question here for you, Joel. Paint me and the listeners a picture here. What are your short-term and long-term goals for your gym? Well, my short-term, I have two more years at the, at the facility that I'm at now. Mm -hmm. um, so I have been kind of looking at places. I would like to probably double my facility size, you know, get something in that 15 to 2000 area, which would, you know, be close to like tripling my size. Mm -hmm. um, that would, that would open up, for me to be able to uh, offer more class bases mm -hmm. if I wanted to do something like that and work in, cause I do work with some athletes and it would be able to allow me to work with more of a team base for them, yeah. which could be fun. My, my main bread and butter is my like general pop population, but my candy is my high school athletes, you know? Um, and then from there, I would be able to get in employees and be able to work with a large facility. But the one thing I don't like, which we don't do it now is because I don't like the idea of stepping on everyone's toes and being too, you know, on, on each other at the same time. So if I had like 2000 square feet, I could get one or two employees and expand yeah. from there. Mm -hmm. But basically I just want to do the exact same thing I'm doing now, but in a larger facility. Awesome. Well, Joel, I think that's a great place to start to wrap things up here in this episode. But before we sign off, where can listeners find you on social media and your website or your Yelp? Yeah, I'm at, um, on, on Google, I'm at Life Athletics. I'm on Facebook at OC Life Athletics. I'm on Instagram at Life underscore Athletics. Yelp at Life Athletics. So you can find me in any of those variations like uh, of, of Life Athletics. And um, yeah, check in out Orange, California. Yeah, in, in, in Orange, California, yes. Awesome, Joel. Well, we appreciate you for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your story. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you are interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Words Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Allison from Absolute Pilates in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I am doing great. I'm excited to be chatting with you. I am really excited to have you here. I love talking Pilates. Interestingly enough, I've actually never taken a Pilates class. I keep saying I need to because I, I talk to so many here on the podcast, but I just haven't. I think what you do is really cool and definitely something that most people can benefit from. So kind of give us your background, Allison. What was it ultimately that led to you kind of opening up your own studio? Sure. So um, I taught Pilates all through college. So Matt Pilates, which is like kind of generally accessible to all the people. So you're going to see those classes, not only in Pilates studios, but other places out in the community. Um, also kind of readily available to consume on the internet, which is not how I recommend doing it, but <laughs> always a choice. Um, but I fell in love with equipment Pilates when I was in college. So fancy machines that kind of look like torture devices. They're spring-based machinery uh, that are really awesome, but also kind of intense. And I did that all through college to earn some extra money, all through when I was in grad school. And then my husband and I moved to back to our hometown of Harrisburg when my mom was sick and we had some family obligations and I was kind of unemployable. And so my side hustle became what I did for a living over a period of time. And I am very happy to be here doing this now. Wasn't where I thought I was going to be, but I am happy. <laughs> I think that's what's interesting is like a lot of times, most of us kind of fall into the shoes of like becoming a fitness business owner. And it's definitely not something that like we dreamed of doing like when we were kids. Um, I definitely never thought that I would be running a CrossFit gym. Um, I didn't even know what CrossFit was. So I definitely kind of understand where you're coming from there. Give us your best elevator pitch of absolute Pilates. Um, as you currently stand, tell us who you are, what kind of services that you provide. Kind of paint a picture for us, Allison. Sure. So, um, you know, at Absolute Pilates, I always like to sort of use our little tagline to get started. So it's, we're going to help you move better, feel better, and be healthy. So we want you to be happy in the version of you that you are now. So we're kind of a, we're kind of a brand that is inclusive, um, which really feels right to me, especially in this market. And then we also want to help you move better and feel better. So most of our clients are women um, 30 to like 85. So, you know, we want you to feel good while you're doing whatever it is that you do in your free time, whether it's 
you know, training for a marathon or getting off the ground for your grandkids. And that is the beautiful thing about Pilates. It is going to meet you where you are and challenge you and help you do all the things that you want to do, um, which is, I think, what really creates our um, loyal clientele is that they feel better doing what really is their passion. So they stick with Pilates. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely get that. And I think that, um, you know, as I stated before, it is something that anybody can benefit from. Um, and so it's just a matter of kind of getting people in and taking advantage of that. Um, so do you guys do mostly group Pilates? Is it mostly one-on-one -on -one? kind of, how does that breakdown work within your business model? Yeah. So we're about half and half. Um, at one point we were considerably heavier on the personal training front. Um, coming back after COVID, I think everyone's business isn't the same as what it was before. And now we're about a 50-50 split. So 50% um, what I call semi-thrive semi at Pilates training, which is really small group training. But it feels more quaint and cozy when you say it that way. Yeah. And um, the other half is privates. We're really getting in there and working on people's goals and personal needs. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, both models are good. I like the idea of offering both because there are clients that can, that do better in a one-on-one -on -one setting. And like for, from a business standpoint, it's really great that we have some one-on-one -on -one clients because obviously we can charge more for one-on-one -on -one than we could for a group. So that's nice to have that extra income coming into the business. Um, but for our clients, like, some people need that individualized attention to take things to the next level. And maybe they're looking to move a little bit better, or maybe they have a specific goal or a specific movement they're looking to perfect. So if we can throw them into one-on-one -on -one and really hone in on that and make it happen, it's really great for our clients. Um, so like, how does the one-on-one -on -one training work? Are your, do your clients pay like per session that they're doing one-on-one? -on -one? Do they pay for a pack of sessions? How exactly do you guys kind of iron that out? So we always like to give everyone a taste of one-on-one -on -one training when they get started. So we, I'm huge on selling introductory packages. Um, I always tell people, this is kind of not answering your question, but it is. Okay. Um, I always tell people you have to try Pilates three times before you decide if you do or don't like it. So we sell an intro package of three privates and one of one private in two classes because I feel like everyone, even if you're 25, you need at least one hour on the equipment one-on-one -on -one with an instructor where they can just kind of help you get oriented um, in space. Some people are obviously way better movers and direction followers than other people. Mm -hmm. uh, so they like, even that hour helps them because that one hour will put them so much further ahead in class that they'll understand what they're supposed to be doing with their body, what the machine is supposed to do and how they feel, um, kind of in space. And then from there, we try to move all of our people into some type of membership. So answering your question. So most of the time people are buying at least 10 private training sessions at a time, we really try to sell people into a monthly membership. So once or twice a week, for me, twice a week is our ideal because as you're getting started, once a week is almost too far apart to remember what you did. But then for our people that are really coming because they're after benefits in other parts of their life, once a week is like the perfect mix on top of their other um, training and activities. And so we sell for a lot of four times a month and eight times a month memberships. Most of our clients, whether they're coming to private training or group classes are, are set up on an eight times a month um, membership. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. A lot of people are doing this like in like to supplement whatever they out, whatever else they're doing for their training. So like eight times per week or eight times per month sounds like a really good kind of balance, right? Um, and so um, the monthly membership thing, this is smart. I've talked to a lot of Pilates studios that are not doing this. What made you decide that a monthly membership was the best thing for your business? Um, luckily, I had started to do this before, like, you know, the world came to a screeching halt. Uh, I had worked with a business coach. And, um, you know, I think that's even though I actually have an undergrad business degree, I didn't share that fact. Um, business school in no way, shape or form prepares you to run a business though. Uh, it's almost shocking when you start to run a business. Um, but I realized that um, even though people seemed like super loyal clients, they weren't getting into my studio the number of times that I wanted them to get in, right? So I wanted them to come twice a week so that my classes were full, but I also wanted them to come twice a week so that they were seeing the results, right? Because mm -hmm. as much as I can tell them, you come twice a week and you're going to feel better, if they don't actually have any reason to put it on their schedule, they're not going to show up. So it's almost basically built in accountability for myself, my teachers and my clients. Yeah, exactly. I think like for most people, the hardest part is just showing up um, to anything, right? Uh, especially post pandemic, like people are spending way more time at home and like you get comfortable living the life that you're living and it's hard to get yourself to leave and like go take a fitness class or whatever. So it really is built in accountability when you have kind of that reoccurring, you know, monthly membership. Um, and from a business standpoint, that gives us more reoccurring monthly revenue that we can count on to kind of cover our overheads and predict our income and, and all of those good things. Um, so it's, it's smart. Um, now, my next question for you is currently like, how many clients are you guys training or how many members do you have in the studios? So in the, um, the three studios that I own, we're working with about 175 members. Um, we definitely still have some people on class packs. And then we have some people that like, I'll never convince to buy another shit. <laughs> And they buy three dropping classes a week. And I Ugh. think to myself, I'm going to raise that price five more dollars. And this is the time that those people are going to stop doing that. And they don't um, because it's what they want to do. <laughs> that is so interesting. Um, so 175 members, is that at each place, at each location? Or no, that's the sum total. Okay. Is that a place, Allison, where you feel pretty comfortable, pretty confident, or are you guys in a position where you would like to grow and get more kind of reoccurring monthly members in the studios? Yeah, I'm at a spot where I'm still, I'm still growing. Um, I would say that that's like, if I'm doing some rough math in my head, because I was actually just doing some accounting before we got on there, because, you know, every business owner loves spreadsheets, right? It's like, you know, we opened up this lovely fitness business that you wanted to interact with clients and train them. And then you spend four hours a day looking at spreadsheets. Um, I, you know, I think if my memory serves me correct from an hour ago, we're, I'm not even about a 50% increase from when we opened our doors back up after our, after lockdown of actual people physically walking in my door 
every month. So like double the number of people, but there's still room for growth. Like I would love to see that number go up somewhere between 25 and, and 50 people. So that's kind of the somewhere's going to be somewhere around there's going to be my goal for, for next year. I need to do some calculated math. Um, I set a goal last November and I, you know, as a business owner, we all remember like we were all very optimistic at the last year, right at this very time. And then things got a little scary and hinky come the holidays. And I definitely lost my focus. And then in July, I was like, I have to get my act together. Like, where did the last seven months go? What was I doing? I set business goals. Um, and so I single-handedly fixed that problem in August, which was amazing. So um, I need to set another goal. I, I think it's going to be about 25 people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, what is that process going to look like? What are you going to do to get people in the front door of your facility? Um, so I've always had Google ads running in the background and they serve my business really well. Mm -hmm. I um, I turned, I turned my nose up at Facebook for a while, but just last week decided to go back and give it a try that it was, um, I, I made some plans, set some things up post-election. Um, I think I'm going to give it a go. I don't want to compete right now in that ad marketplace, but I think give it a week. And I think I'm going to launch some ads for the new year. Plus it's like, it's our season, right? Like, yeah the you know people it may maybe they're not starting now but now's the time where we start contemplating what will the new year look like and you know what did we not do last year so i think some crafted some heartfelt messages to hopefully bring some people back in and then i think the other thing i'm going to go for is some you know heartfelt reaches reaching out to people that haven't been in where have you gone do you still live in the area let's chat <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think that those things work pretty good. Um, when it comes to like our, I guess we could call it our pipeline of clients, right? We have people that have inquired before, or maybe people who were past clients, um, reaching out to them. It's always pretty easy to at least get some interest generated. Um, but in 2022, I've seen and have had personal, um, like a lot of personal success with my gym, um, utilizing like online platforms. Are you guys currently looking to find your clients online anywhere? You mean, you mean like through online advertising or? Like, like Google, Facebook, social media, different things like that. Yeah. So, um, I always keep Google ads running in the back and, um, mm -hmm. I I feel like one of my strategies that I let slide and that was supposed to be a strategy in 2022 was um, a little bit better SEO. So spending some time blogging on my website to really up our SEO locally and make sure that we're like at the top of that. And I, I definitely had that on my goal list and I, I didn't execute it. So that's going back on. Um, getting back on Facebook and Instagram, I... Um, I don't love being on video. So that is one of the things that I am also going to try to do a better job of is getting some more video out there. I know, right? We all stop our Facebook scroll for a video that looks captivating. So yeah, yeah I that think that's that you just said it yourself, right? Um, we'll, we stop our scroll if we see something that's captivating. And that's kind of what I've seen post COVID 
Facebook, Instagram is a really good place. If we have good captivating content that like hooks our audience in, it's a really good way to find your, your clients because Facebook, your reach is pretty big and you're definitely going to find people who don't even know that you exist, who could definitely benefit from a Pilates class. Um, so definitely a pretty good place to, to kind of go to advertise. Um, but it, it's tricky, right? I would say like most of us don't really know how to get started with that. I know I'm definitely not a social media expert. I just know that it's something that has benefited us. Um, my next question, I guess here would be, what has been your biggest challenge, you know, within the business side of absolute Pilates and what are you guys working to do to kind of overcome that? I mean, I wouldn't say it's necessarily been our biggest challenge, but something I realized that I really want to prevent is nether attrition. Like I don't want to see people leaving. So working on really building our community a little bit more, right? So we all wanted community this year, but then at the same time, we really didn't want to get off our sofa and we really didn't want to get too close to anyone. So I really think next year, you know, I'm going to try to have some events that are outside the studio, really engage our members in some fun things that are more than Pilates so that, you know, they want to show up at the gym because they know the people that are there. They enjoy them. Some of them are their friends. So just building that actual, um, community that um we all are sort of looking for yeah I think that that piece is really huge and for a lot of people like going to a fitness studio or going to a gym like it's more than just like getting in a workout for many of us it's like the only hour a day that we like go out and socialize now and so we definitely want to feel like we're a part of something a part of a community and building that is tricky, especially post pandemic. Um, it's tricky to kind of find that sense of community again, I would say. And what what are some of the things that you're doing to work on that? Um, so I have, you know, two thoughts. One is just, you know, taking it on myself and planning some events where we, you know, maybe do like we don't, I don't, I don't really teach Thar or Matt any longer, but getting out into some community spaces, doing a little class. And then like, you know, hanging out at a garden or a park or a brewery or, or whatever, maybe some hikes. Um, and in Pennsylvania, we obviously all know inevitably it is getting cold. It is going to get cold, even though it is lovely fall right now. Um, so figuring out how we can engage those people in some like fun, different indoor activities as well, maybe doing some things in the studio uh that we could bring in some people from outside so partnering with some charities as community partners um one of the just thoughts in my head one of the biggest things that we did before covid was we would have different theme nights in the studio in the winter mm. um so one night we had somebody come in and teach people how to braid hair uh, we did like a coloring night. Um, I definitely want to bring a sound bath back. I had my first experience with one of those. So it's like things that aren't our modality, that bringing them in. So um, another can, um, you know, enjoy them. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think like those are all engaging things that not only like help with that sense of community, but it helps with like retention because when our members feel like they're a part of something, they have these fun activities looked forward to, like they're not going to go somewhere else to look for Pilates because they're getting the Pilates and the social and like the braiding class. That's so cool. I haven't thought of anybody. I haven't talked to anybody that would do something like that. It's not even like related to the Pilates side of things, but it's something that your members would be interested in. Um, right. Cause we're like almost all women, right? Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, you know, if you could have a magic wand, Allison, this is hypothetical, but there's no, um, there's no limitations here. You could achieve absolutely anything for yourself, for your business. What would that picture look like for you? Um, I would go back. Okay. Magic wand out the um, pandemic timeframe. I actually turned down buying a failing studio that closed in 2020. I would go back and buy that. And then I would have the opportunity to follow through with like two other locations that I was going to open with people to be able to have the opportunity to have a little bit of a bigger footprint um work sort of across a little bit wider of a stroke of Pennsylvania and take kind of all the things that I learned in the last year or last I should say last three years and kind of implement them because we are definitely stronger now than we were then and I think I could actually tackle those things but I couldn't tackle both of those things at the same time yeah no I I got you there so like you know you said that you wish you could go back and you could kind of take over that failing studio do you think that it would be possible for you like in the future to do that again with maybe another studio if it's not the same one um yeah I think you know I think that that market that I said no to is definitely still there um and when you're a business owner that's opened other locations and learned a lot of things right that's a whole that's a whole cup of worms um, I've talked to a lot of people over my business owning years of wanting to open second locations. And I always feel like a second location is no problem. A third location is where you cross into insanity because um, like you just have to have strong systems because there is now physically no way that you can attend to all of the people, right? Like it's like having children, you have two hands, like we have two studios, you can still kind of manage it yourself. Once you cross into three, four or five, you're like, I don't have enough hands. So um, my systems are definitely better now. And I definitely think that I, I could do that. But now it's about finding the right people that you want to do those things with. So as soon as those people come along, I'll definitely make it happen. Um, I don't necessarily think that I have the right people now. Of course, some of my instructors will listen to this and they'll like come forward and we'll make it happen that they want their own like baby or something. Yeah, I think that it's like hard because like it's all about the people, but it's also about the systems too that we have in place. Like if we want to like have multiple locations, if we want to take over a failing location, like we have to have systems that are like replicatable that like, systems that we can like take from one studio to the next that are replicatable. And like, if you're not there, the operation is still thriving. And that's, what's really hard. Like as a business owner, you're only one person and your time is very divided and you have kids too. So like <laughs> you're very busy, I presume. Um, and so we have to have like the right systems in place that can be duplicated. Um, what do you feel like you really need to focus on right now? 
as the business currently stands to kind of take you to that position where that's not necessarily a magic wand situation, but it's more of a reality. Um, I think I need to feed a little bit better into my own team. I definitely have not been as available to them as I um, should have been. I was just trying to like figure some stuff out. So I am removing myself a little bit more from the teaching. Um, I'm slowly trying to back out of even more time so that I can be more there for them consistently and build up my team and then, you know, see, see them grow, possibly uh, build up some other people. I do do teacher training um, and I have not put as much heart into that because that takes a lot of time. And if you're busy during the week with your normal stuff, you can't successfully teacher train and then come back and do it the next weekend. Like there's only so much bandwidth. So creating space to help grow my team has definitely been a thing. Yeah. I think that's really important too. just kind of stepping back a little bit, focusing more on the, like on the business rather than in the business. Um, it's super difficult for us as business owners to like get so caught up in the day-to-day -day operations that like when we're caught up in the day-to-day -day operations, we can't focus on the growth of our team and the growth of the business. So you made a smart decision by kind of stepping back and focusing more on those things and the business will thrive because of that. Um, what would be a piece of advice that you would share to a new Pilates studio owner, somebody who just opened up their own studio, maybe, um, like yesterday or something like that? Um, I think it's two things. One, like find a business coach, like the number of different like coaches and programs I've been through until I landed somewhere that was kind of a good fit for me, um, was a lot. Um, and then I've changed within that, even though I was happy, I was like, I need someone to challenge me. I need someone to push me. And then also literally write everything down, right? Like you need to write everything down that you're doing so that you can replicate and automate as many things as possible. Because if you send the same email over and over, you should just be pasting that email. Yeah, that's, that's a really good piece of advice. Not something that I necessarily would have thought of. Um, to share. So that's why I always love to ask that question because it's definitely like something easy that people can implement. Uh, what is the Facebook or the Instagram page? Where can our listeners go to learn more? Yeah, I got really lucky. So um, I'm at facebook.com backslash absolute Pilates and the same thing on Instagram. So at absolute Pilates. Uh, Okay, perfect. I'm excited to check it out. I always like to get like a visual, right? We've been talking about your studio and like if I go online, I'm sure I can get a visual of what it actually looks like. Um, yeah, I um, I did rebrand that a year ago, um, which is a little bit like shifted my colors, tried to make it a little more playful and representative of what my what my vibe is. And then um, I guess I could have used this as advice too, like outsource anything that you can. I have a virtual assistant who handles a good portion of my social media. And I was just talking to her about how the Instagram feed was not quite what I wanted it to be. And so we're doing a little revamp. So I got to go in there and do some hiding of some posts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that is definitely something that sounds like you'll have a little bit more time to do if you're stepping back a little bit. Um, but I appreciate you sharing with us and for being here today. Uh, listeners, we thank you for tuning in. 
Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.